0: Thanks for checking out sermons from Pleasant Valley Community Church. We hope these messages encourage, convict, and inspire you to love and follow Jesus more faithfully as we seek to saturate our city with the hope of the gospel. Our online resources are meant to serve you, but they aren't a replacement for the face-to-face relationships that we were built for. So we really hope that if you're in Owensboro, you'll join us in person on a Sunday morning. And if you live elsewhere, you'll find a local church in your community where you can put down roots and find family. For more resources and to give financially to support the missions and ministries of Pleasant Valley, find us on social media or visit our website at www.pleasantvalley.cc. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Romans chapter
1: number 6. Uh, In Romans chapter three, four, and five, Paul says that our sin is awful, but that the grace of God is amazing. And so Paul makes this case that all of our sins, even the worst of them, have been paid for by Jesus on the cross. And anyone who believes in Jesus no matter our sins, receives complete forgiveness. And and Paul even makes the argument in Romans 3 through 5 that few things make God happier, if anything, than to overwhelm his people with grace. Like, God lives and longs to pour out grace upon sinners. Like, God thrives in giving grace to sinners. Like, what makes God smile? Forgiving us. It's like when you poke God, grace comes out. And that's beautiful and amazing, Paul says, but here's how our sinful hearts wanna manipulate that and abuse that because we always wanna abuse good things, don't we? Well, Christians historically wanna abuse the grace of God. And so here's the natural question to God's amazing grace in chapter six, verse one. What then shall we say? In other words, because of how amazingly gracious God is, in spite of how terribly awful we are, how do you even respond to that? And here's one wrong response. Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, if God loves giving grace so much, shouldn't we just keep on sinning like crazy to give God an opportunity to give us more grace? Like, won't God actually be happier if we sin more because that makes him appear to be more loving and gracious? I mean, wouldn't that be one heck of a way to live, right? Like, every night's a Saturday night at the bar, but Jesus, because he's going to forgive you anyway, Is is that what Christianity is? Parents, should we let, should we encourage our kids to steal more cookies out of the cookie jar so we got a chance to give them more grace and forgiveness? Is that what the gospel is? Is it okay once you're a Christian is to keep on gossiping and keep on cheating on taxes and lying on tax return stuff and keep on looking at porn and to keep on harboring bitterness? Like, isn't sin really not a big deal? Because God's going to forgive us anyway. And in fact, he loves forgiving us, so sin on. Isn't that what the gospel says? A lot of Christians live that way. Live like hell on Saturday, go to church on Sunday, repeat, it's all good. Well, Here's Paul's response to that to the response of abusing God's grace. Shouldn't we just keep on sinning? Verse two, he says, by no means. Or it can literally be translated in the Greek. May it never be. Some translations say, God forbid that we keep on living in sin so that God may give us more grace. Or if you're from Cates, Kentucky, where I grew up, we would interpret it like this. Heck no. You don't keep on sinning so that God can just give you more grace. That's not what Christ died for. Verse one and two, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means, or may it never be, how can we, Christian who died to sin, still live in it? Paul says, once we truly become a Christian, It's not simply that we should not continue on living in sin. It's that we cannot continue on living in sin because we have died to our sin. And how can a dead thing keep on doing lively stuff? The Bible says in this mysterious sense that when Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago, all of his children who would later believe in him, track When Christ died on the cross, in some sense, his children died with him. The old us before Jesus died with Christ at the cross. And therefore, Paul's argument is this. Christian, we can't keep on living how we used to live because we are not who we used to be. That would be an appropriate time to say amen. I I know Kentucky lost to Tennessee last night. I was right there in the middle of it. It was an awful drive home at 1 a.m., but I'm here so you can be here too. You cannot keep on living how you used to live if you're a Christian because you are not who you used to be. Now, this is an important point to make in this text. In verse 2, Paul says, he says, you can't keep on living in sin if you're a Christian. What he's not saying is that we're going to be perfect. What he's not saying is that once you're a Christian, you're never going to sin again. If that's the case, we're all toast, right? So go back to verse one and look at this word continue. He says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? That word continue in verse one was a word that was sometimes used to talk about a person making a place their permanent residence, So putting down roots, digging in, locking, like I want to stay here in this place. Paul says, if you're truly a Christian, you cannot make habitual, persistent sin your permanent place of residence anymore. He's not saying you're not going to still sin, but he's saying you're not just going to wallow in it like it's no big deal. The evidence that we're truly Christians is that when we sin, we will be broken and convicted and we'll get out of that house of sin as quickly as we can. Even if we fall short and go back in the next day, we're gonna hate it that we love the sin. Here's how you know you're a Christian. Sometimes you love sin, but then you hate the fact that you loved it so much. If you can love sin and not be bothered by the fact that you love it, we got a major problem. There's no spiritual life. The evidence that we're in Christ as our old self is dead. The new person has come. That's what he does in verse three and four. Do you not know that all of us Christians who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Feel the finality of that statement. We Christians were buried, therefore, with Jesus by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. This is what the gospel does. If we're in Christ, Paul says, as surely as Jesus was raised from the dead after he was crucified on the cross, so we have been raised from the dead spiritually, meaning the old us is gone, the new us has come, Second Corinthians chapter 5, which means We may not be perfect Christian, but we ain't who we used to be. So, child of God, listen, we got to stop thinking about ourselves as just these old, dirty, rotten sinners saved by grace, amen? That's how I was raised. We're all just kind of a piece of trash. We're all just old dirty, rotten sinners. And it's almost like we walk around like these pitiful little beat-up puppy dogs with our heads down because we're so awful and we're so terrible and we're kind of always in God's perpetual doghouse. And how could God really love me like we know he has to because he's just cause he's love and he can't not love us? But it's it's almost like some of you think, yeah, I know God loves me, but I don't think he could like me. How many Christians live with that kind of perpetual state of God's doghouse. But friends, if you think about yourself as just an old, dirty, rotten sinner, you're going to live like an old, dirty, rotten sinner. See, th- th- that may be who the devil says that we are, but that is not who God says that we are. The Bible says that in Christ, we are righteous not our righteousness, his righteousness given to us. In Christ, we are blameless. We are holy. We are chosen in Christ. We're a new creation in Christ. We are a saint. Brothers and sisters, that is who we are in Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There is no more penance to complete. There ain't nothing you got to go do to make God happy with you. Jesus has done Everything, Jesus paid it all. What? How are you going to pay for your sins now, when well, Jesus paid for every one of them? When Christ died, the old us died with him. You don't have to live how you used to live because you're not who you used to be. Because whom the Son of God sets free is free indeed. That is the power of the gospel, and that is what I love so much about Friends of Sinners ministry. It's a ministry that, since 2009, they've been displaying the power of the gospel to change lives. And today, in this service, we are honoring the amazing work of God through Friends of Sinners Ministry. One of the great joys of this church for 15 years now has been to stand alongside and support Friends of Sinners. We. Love this ministry. In fact, Andy and I talk about this all the time. One of our great joys on Sundays is to look out in this congregation and see the men and women of FOS, and it just brings us so much joy. We love you. We're so honored and glad that you're here. And so today, this service is to honor what God is doing through you. And at this time, it's my joy to bring up, come on up, brother Jordan Wilson, who is the development director at Friends of Centers. Let's welcome him to share more about what God is doing in this ministry.
2: I've got just a few minutes to where I can get the privilege of sharing with you who we are and what we do. And I'm going to be quick. Yes, we were founded in 2009 by a man who was in long-term recovery himself. He gave his life to the Lord, he was in prison, and then in 2009 went to or excuse me, before 2009, there were no Christ-centered recovery programs in the area. And he knew that that was a vital piece to someone becoming set free. Because there is a big difference in someone becoming sober and someone becoming set free. And that difference is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, our clients come to us and they learn life skills. They have a place to live. They learn job skills, get employment. They get a sponsor and a discipler and learn about addiction but the best thing that we offer is a chance to have a real relation with their creator. You know, there's my favorite story in the Bible outside of the resurrection of Christ, where um, a woman is caught in adultery and by law, the religious leaders said that she had to die. And so, when you, I want to paint the picture for you. When you read it in the Bible, you can think of a woman's walked out by these men and they bring her to Jesus. But I want to paint the picture more realistically. Um, these religious leaders were probably dragging this woman out because she knew her fate was sealed. She knew that she was going to die in just moments. Not only was she probably embarrassed that everyone knows my sin, but now I'm I'm going to pay for it with my life. And so the religious leaders probably were dragging her out in front of everyone, and they brought her to Jesus. And what I'm telling you right now is the reason we're called friends of sinners. Because you see, the religious leaders painted Jesus, even called him a friend of sinner to shame him. But it was used for his glory. Because they brought this woman to Jesus and said, Jesus, the law says that this woman has to die for what she did. What do you say? Scripture says that Jesus bent down and started writing in the sand. Now, scripture doesn't tell us exactly what he wrote, but scholars and theologians believe that Jesus was writing down different sins in the sand. The sin of maybe selfishness and gluttony and lust. That's what scholars believe. And then Jesus, when he rose up, he said, whichever one of you has never sinned, throw the first stone at her. Scripture says that one by one, the stones started to drop until everyone was gone. Jesus knelt down and said, where have your accusers gone? Does no one condemn you? She said, no one. And then Jesus said this, he said, neither then do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. So Jesus not only saved her spiritually by his death, burial and resurrection, but he saved her life that day. And you know, that's why we're called friends of sinners because we want to be like that man. We want to be like Jesus because there is such a uh, stigma against addiction. Like addiction is the dirty sin. Addiction is the sin that's not welcome here. I'm fine with my gluttony. I'm fine with my selfishness and my greed, but not addiction. So that's why we're called friends of sinners because even though Jesus, he saved our life, he doesn't leave us the way he found us. Amen? Amen. All right. Thank you for listening. Now you're going to hear some amazing testimonies from our clients.
3: Good morning. Um, My name is Autumn's son. When I was a baby, my mom passed away and I was raised by a single father. My childhood was great. However, when I was seven, I started being molested by a family member and that lasted for five years. I kept the secret and I finally found healing now over a decade later. I felt at the time like now that I know I wasn't pure and that God wouldn't want me. I felt like I was only worthy if I was accepted by men. I went through many relationships until I met my ex-husband and we got married. We had a baby and when she was six months old he had an affair and our family was split apart. I began drinking every day and finally I started using drugs. I lost my home, my job, and my daughter all in the same day. I got a DUI and I was court ordered to rehab in Henderson. Um, I spent nine months there and I was finally exited. I came to Friends of Sinners less than a week later on April 24th, 2023. Psalm 118.5 says, Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. I'm now transitional, I have my own apartment, and I get my daughter on weekends. Thank you. Um, Second Corinthians 317 says, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. My chains are broken, and now I'm free.
4: good morning pvcc my name is jason beaver i'm from owensboro kentucky i'm a husband i'm a father of five children Uh, growing up i always felt like i was in the way my father was never in the picture and my mom was living her life of parties with nothing but drugs and alcohol so nobody really had time for me my view of a father was very distorted at this vulnerable time in my childhood i was physically mentally, sexually and emotionally abused by the people I thought I could trust. I desperately needed someone that would embrace me and keep me safe. I needed a man in my life. March 21st, 2023 is a day I'll never forget. I got a text from my wife saying she needed to talk and I had an explanation point behind it. I knew it was serious. She wanted a divorce She was sick of it, she was serious this time. My life was total chaos. I was living in and out of sin for for years. The sin of addiction. I tried telling her I'd get help, but she didn't care this time. I've said and done that four other times since we got married in 2018. She was fed up and she was done. She didn't care where I went or what I did. She just wanted me out. My marriage was over. I finally reached out to some good men at FOS, and they were there for me in the blink of an eye. People kept telling me I needed to surrender my life, but I really didn't even know what that meant or what that looked like. I just started crying out to God. I would pray, God, send my family, my wife and my kids, a godly man, even if that godly man isn't me. I finally faced my biggest fears, and I finally surrendered my life to God. Little did I know at that moment, God was restoring my heart and pruning me to the core to become that godly man my family desperately needed. And praise God, my marriage has been completely restored. I've learned the love of a father through my five kids. Just knowing how much I love and adore them and what I'm willing to sacrifice for them but I would never give up one to save anybody in this room. But that's what our father done for us. He gave his only son so that we could live and feel safe and secure in his arms. FOS has taught me what it looks like to lead my family, to be a man and to be a spiritual leader for my family. And it doesn't mean the man takes all the responsibility. It just means, hey, we're going this way and this is a safe place. Thank you.
5: good morning y'all my name is brooklyn greathouse and for the last year i've joked about being 22 with a lot left to do and today has god blessed me enough to share my birthday with y'all and um, my first testimony for the first time making me 23 and through christ a whole new me um as a, as a child uh i was labeled a troublemaker which that i won't deny i was But in reality, I was just a troubled child. Um, And through all that, I came to have my first daughter at 18 and my second daughter at 20. I thrived through both of my pregnancies, working hard and working two jobs. And even though I knew I was going to parent alone, I knew that they were my greatest gifts from God. Because with God and my girls, I'd never be lonely. So throughout my mothering years, I um, grew tired and weary and struggled a little bit. And my focus was not on God. I knew who God was and I knew that he had given me my gifts being my daughters, I just uh, I just lost focus. And so I became a slave to selling drugs to support us. And that in turn led me to use, which I've regretted for the past two years of my use, um, not understanding why I led myself down that road. But he has turned it around for the better Because um, I had to lose my whole life and everything that I knew bit by bit to gain a new one through Christ. And during my journey of recovery, I was allowed to see why I needed Christ so much and why I needed to depend on him to make me whole again. And I thank God that God has led me to FOS and my sister's at FOS and the staff, so I can, in turn, walk with him in my everyday life and then hopefully one day help a new sister that comes into the house. And um, whoever in Luke seventeen thirty three says, whoever clings to his life shall lose it and whoever loses his life shall save it. And I, by the grace of God, have saved my life today.
6: Well, i had to butcher my way through the first one uh i made my words too small on my paper and i guess i'm getting old <laughs> uh but uh hi i'm Jeremiah Keen. i'm a peer mentor at friends of sinners and uh, my testimony is a little different from most of these guys I'm speaking today i came from a good christian home and was raised in a great bible teaching church and i was taught who jesus was i was uh, taught right from wrong and i was dedicated to the lord as a baby uh From that moment on, the enemy had his eyes on me as he painted a huge target on my back. He has no respect of a person. He'll attack anybody. It don't matter if you're rich, or poor, if you're a kid, you're elderly, it don't matter. He'll attack you. Uh, I don't have the time today to tell you my whole story of how my life spiraled out of control and I got to a point uh, where God wasn't even real to me. Uh, I was broken. I was an addict, a thief, a liar. I disappointed my family, failed my marriage. I went to prison. I had several relapses, uh, one after six years of sobriety. And the list goes on and on. And I, hadn't, I had no, no other way to turn to accept Jesus. I knew the way, I was raised, I knew the gospel. So I turned to him, I asked him uh, to change who I was, to come to my heart and change my life. And uh, I've not been the same man since. It just everything changed I can't explain it uh, sometime after after that I'd landed in FOS and I had several friends that was alumni there and I saw how God used that program to uh, change their life and uh, build their lives up from the same situation that I was in And my mindset when I came in to FOS was well, I was gonna follow Jesus of course but I was just gonna get a job and build my life back up you know and uh, Going about my merry way, but uh, he had other plans. Uh, God gave me so so much more through FOS. He gave me hundreds of Christian brothers that I get to walk through life with, and no matter where I turn, uh, there's a brother that I have that's been through the same situation as I'm going through right then. Uh, he uh, he gave me he, he gave me a place to lay my head at night. Man, that was so uh, that meant so much to me because uh, i didn't have to bounce from couch to couch or be in the wrong place at the wrong time and end up messing up again um uh, he allowed all life's distractions to be taken away from me uh, and that's what fos does everyone says that it's a program and i hate that because all it is is the staff and the directors removes lots distractions so we can have an encounter with jesus christ and build our personal relationship with him uh, Now, uh, I'm a peer mentor, and I get to watch some guys come in uh, that was in the same place as I was. I get to see their light kick on. I get to see them start smiling again. I get to see families restored. I get to see addictions crushed. Uh, When the Bible said that the dead in Christ will rise, man, I I watch that every single day. That is true. Man, I love each and every one of y'all. God loves you, and thank y'all for having us out, and thanks for supporting FOS.
7: Good morning. My name is Tiffany. I'm a 33-year-old child of God. By God's grace, I came into FOS on December 6th after trying so many other treatment centers. For the past year, I've known in my heart that I needed to come to FOS. So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. James 1.21 I grew up in a close loving family with both parents and two sisters. My family had struggles, but I was always provided for and loved. I was removed from my parents twice and placed with family where I was loved as well. By the second time at age 13, I wasn't in any hurry to come home. Those feelings helped me in my decision to willingly allow my two children to be adopted by the family that was fostering them simply because they were happy and living a good life. By God's grace and mercy and my willingness, that adoption is open and I'm still in my kids' lives today. Even with the positives in my situation, I allowed myself to fall back into the same addiction that caused the removal of my kids. I felt so lonely, unhappy, useless, and defeated. I felt as if my life had no purpose anymore. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Romans 12.2 Since coming to FOS, I know that my god loves me and has always been with me eager for me to pursue this amazing relationship we have my purpose is to live my life for god for my actions and my words to be like christ i have completely surrendered my life to god and will continue to do so daily so that i may keep my happiness and my purpose i will forever be grateful for fos and giving me this time to get to know god show me a better way to live and for knowing that this program is my perfect fit
8: My name is Greg Thomas. I use drugs every day for 30 years. I've been in and out of jail numerous times. I had turned my back on God and bought a ticket to hell. Friends of Sinners is my 15th rehab, but my first faith-based one, and it has made all the difference. I now have a growing and personal relationship with God. My family relationships are being restored, and I finally have regained some trust. I'm a peer mentor at FOS, and I, I try to encourage my brothers that are new in recovery by being a good example. I get to help people instead of hurt them. Today I have the respect of my peers and more importantly, I respect myself. By keeping my eyes on God and ignoring worldly distractions, I have eight months clean and I'm not looking back.
9: Hi, my name is Kim. I'm 47, I went to church throughout my childhood. My dad passed away when I was 12. I got pregnant at 15 while I was in labor. I told my mom I was keeping my baby. She left the hospital. I had him alone. The first year of his life, we lived 14 different places. <clears throat> At 17, we went to foster care. We lived with the Christian family in Russellville, Kentucky. I stayed till I was 21. My mom passed away when I was 29, 2 months before my 31st birthday. I was raped and beaten by a 51 year old man who was hiv positive i did not know him But by the grace of god i did not get hiv he was sentenced to 40 years i wasn't his first victim but i was his last at the age of 37 i met a man at the age of 40 he moved in with me i started using meth every day it was a toxic relationship but i loved him with everything in me I went from being a social butterfly, loving life, loving myself, to antisocial, hating life, and hating myself. If I was awake, I was using math. I knew I had to get God back into my life. That lifestyle wasn't for me. Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their footsteps. September 26, 2023, I woke up and called Tammy at FOS. I thought it was just a rehab. I had no idea it was a faith-based rehab. I'm so grateful FOS let me in the door. I have five months clean, and God is moving mountains in my life. I'm blessed that FOS is a center-based rehab. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Sure.
4: My name is Darryl Bateman. I was born and raised in Owensboro, Kentucky. Growing up I had a good childhood. My life cons- consisted of baseball and making my dad proud. When I turned 18 I was introduced into meth. I stayed lost in my addiction for 10 years. Then God being the wonderful Father that he is, pulled me out of my addiction. Pouring out his love to me and sending me to FOS, where now I can pour out the same love to my brothers in the program and everyone I come in contact with. On August 13th of last year my father passed away due to him drinking and driving and killing himself. I didn't know how to cope with it, but God filled me with the peace that I'll never be able to understand or explain, but I'm thankful for that. Today, I'm eight months sober. I'm back in my children's lives, and I no longer worry. My family is sick about me.
10: Okay. I would like to start with a little prayer. Father, you are the source of all wisdom. You... My life is yours. I want to please you in everything I do. I need your guidance. I need your strength, and I need your stamina. I thank you, and I love you. Amen. Hello, everybody. <laughs> my name is Kim Falloway. I am proudly a beautiful child of our amazing Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ. This is my very first testimony, and they say it's not my last. So, they also say I've got to be up here for one minute. Mhm. <laughs> At least one minute, only 60 seconds, that's just a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. Okay, so before I came to FOS, I was drinking and drugging. I was lost in the madness, living in Tent City. I was broke, and I was broken. Eight weeks later, God has made me new. My relationship with God is by far the best relationship I've had in my whole 50 years of life. And the amazing thing is that he has enough love for all of us. I love him so much. I love the new me, I love my family, I love FOS, and I love y'all. Thanks.
8: Morning, church. My name is Bruce. I'm an almighty believer in Jesus Christ. I was born in Davis County. I'm the middle son of three brothers. I was raised in a good Christian environment until my parents divorced when I was about 10 years old. My mother's side of the family are all Baptists and mostly pot smokers. My dad's side are Catholic and heavy drinkers. I stayed with my mother and went to church on a weekly basis and went with my dad on the weekends. My dad was a hardworking man but loved drinking and partying. He'd always be going somewhere to drink with his friends or his side of the family. They would drink all night, and that's when I began drinking around 12 years old. He would send me to the back of his truck or the trunk of his car to get him another cold one. And I'd grab me one too, set it on the bumper, and come back and get it later. I drank throughout my teens and got thrown out of high school into 12th grade. I never smoked pot until I was 21 and quickly made up for lost time, which led to other drugs and got me to where I am in FOS. FOS has drastically changed my life. I've grown with my walk with God and also gained a great leadership and role in becoming a peer mentor at FOS, where I get the pleasure of helping and guiding all my new brothers to the word of God so that they will, too, get the enjoyment of life, which I am receiving right now.
11: Thank you so much. Let's give these uh, men and women another round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. My name's Dave Cox, and I'm the ministry director of Friends of Sinners. Um, I too was a client at FOS, uh, but before that happened, I got saved in the holding cell of the police department on Ninth Street went to DCDC for a year and then God led me here through FOS and I was a client there for four years. Now I'm a director and I've got a lot of other things to tell you about that. But before I do that, I want to recognize those of you who support FOS. If you have prayed for, volunteered, or supported FOS in any way, please stand up. Let's give those people a round of applause. I would like for you, if you haven't done those things, to consider doing that today. When you support FOS, you are given to a ministry that has a 100% success rate. And what I mean by that is no, all of our guys, unfortunately, don't stay sober after they go through the program, but sobriety is not our goal. We set the bar at salvation. And we plant the seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ in every individual that walks through our doors. So you can be assured that when you support us, you're supporting something that's gonna go on forever and ever and ever. As a client at FOS through the last 13 years, uh, this, this family right here has been very supportive of me. I was ordained as a pastor The first weekend of of 2021, I'm a director of a ministry. My family's been completely restored, and my wife and I are business owners. That's the kind of stories that you hear about at Friends of Sinners. All through Christ. All through Christ. Thank you so much, and please consider supporting us today. We have tables at the back lobby and the front lobby where you can sign up to support Friends of Sinners today. You want to come up, Jameis? Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Thanks for checking out sermons from Pleasant Valley Community Church. For more resources and to give financially to support the missions and ministries of Pleasant Valley, find us on social media or visit our website at www.PleasantValley.cc.